You're listening to the Public Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Giroux. Today we're going to talk about meditation and some research about how meditation may affect things like pain, high blood pressure, uh, anxiety, depression, and even insomnia. Today's research comes from the National Center for Complementary and Integrative Health. So I will refer to this as just NIH because it is a research branch of NIH, which are the National Institutes of Health. So what is meditation? Meditation is a mind and body practice that has a long history of use for increasing calmness and physical relaxation, improving psychological balance, coping with illness, and enhancing overall health and well-being. Mind and body practices focus on the interactions among the brain, mind, body, and behavior. So there are many types of meditation, but most have four elements in common. A quiet location with as few distractions as possible, a specific comfortable posture, like sitting or lying down, walking, or in other positions, and a focus of attention. Uh, a specially chosen word or set of words, an object, or the sensations of the breath, and an open attitude. So basically letting distractions come and go naturally without judging them. And as meditation becomes more mainstream, we have seen uh, the, the development and increase in development of different technologies and in particular mobile apps. One that I have used um, on and off since it came out is Headspace, so not an endorsement, but I think it really does a good job of easing a person into meditation who might not have um, either haven't done it before or a person that's just like not really wired that way. And I hear that a lot. It kind of for some people, it's really hard to just sit and be still and kind of think about a lot or think about nothing, depending on the type of meditation you're doing. So. I looked up some research on the NIH and I was shocked about how much they had uh, in regards to meditation. Again, that's the National Center for Complementary and Integrative Health within the NIH. So here's what the science says about the effectiveness of meditation in regards to a few of, uh, a few of these health conditions. The first thing I'll start with is for high blood pressure. So, results of a 2009 NCCIH-funded trial involving 298 university students suggest that practicing transcendental, med transcendental meditation may lower the blood pressure of people at increased risk of developing high blood pressure. So I won't pretend to know everything about transcendental meditation. What I do know is, based on things that I have read and based on things that I have listened um, listen to regarding this type of meditation. And from what it sounds like, this is a much more intensive process. I think you even have to go to a workshop or a series of workshops to learn exactly how to do it. Um, so just keep that in mind that this is, this is not downloading Headspace and then meditating for 10 minutes once a day. I think this is a little more intensive than that. So forgive me if you are a practitioner of this kind of meditation. Uh, so it found that it may lower blood pressure of people at increased risk of developing high blood pressure. 
These findings also suggested that practicing meditation can help with psychological distress, anxiety, depression, anger, hostility, and coping ability. Um, the NIH goes on, a literature review and scientific statement from the American Heart Association suggests that evidence supports the use of transcendental meditation, or TM, to lower blood pressure. However, the review indicates that it's uncertain whether TM is truly superior to other meditation techniques in terms of blood pressure lowering because there are a few head-to-head -head studies. So this is why I like looking, looking things up um, on reputable research sites like PubMed or, you know, this is the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. So we would hope that you can, you can trust the research that's on here most of the time instead of looking up an article or Googling, like, what are the effects of meditation. This is, like, super honest. It, it tells you the truth. It tells you what they found that works and, and quite honestly what they found that doesn't work. So I like that about this. It looks like high blood pressure. Um, if you really take your meditation seriously and you're disciplined in it, could could potentially be lowered. And then it did mention something about anxiety, depression, and insomnia, and I'll briefly talk about that. A uh, 2002 review of 36 trials found that 25 of them reported better outcomes for symptoms of anxiety in the meditation groups compared to control groups. So. That's kind of a, an obvious one that comes to mind, but very important nonetheless. So anytime we talk about this kind of uh, government-funded research um, in regards to health, wellness, and or fitness, I like to look at what studies are currently going on, what things are they currently investigating. And some NCCIH-supported studies are investigating meditation for things like TENS experiencing chronic widespread pain, such as fibromyalgia, uh, stress reduction for people with MS, post-traumatic stress disorder, headaches, reducing blood pressure. So all things that that are, you know, often talked about, especially now uh, the PTSD thing comes to mind with, with our troops returning <clears throat> from the Middle East and elsewhere. It's really interesting maybe maybe they might use this um, government-funded research to, to create some kind of continuum of psychological care for our men and women who are coming back. Um, maybe they already do that, and I don't know. But I think if they do find that it helps PTSD, which I suspect it does, that'd be awesome. And so I wanted to end this podcast with, with some information, a video actually, uh, what is mindfulness? And this is straight from the NIH. Uh, it's a Q&A with a doctor, um, a pretty well-known doctor, and she's an associate professor, Department of Psychology, uh, and I thought you might find this interesting. I know I did. It's very, very clear to me, I think, just a really beautiful explanation of, of mindfulness from, from her angle, from academics. So I'll let you guys listen to that. Associate Professor in the Department of Psychology at the University of Miami. What is mindfulness? So mindfulness is kind of a big term, and one helpful metaphor to think about it is that it's sort of like an MP3 player. Our mind is really good at mental time travel. We can put the button on 
fast forward and think about the future and all the things we want to do coming up. We can also put the button on reverse or rewind and think back on past experiences, sometimes even ruminate on those experiences. But those two functions, fast forward and rewind, are really not what we're talking about when we're talking about mindfulness. By mindfulness, we're talking about keeping that button right on play uh, so that we are completely aware and in the present moment and our attention is fully dedicated to the present moment of our experience. So what do we really know about meditation based on what we've just talked about? So we know that many studies have been conducted to look at how meditation may be helpful for a variety of conditions, such as high blood pressure, certain psychological disorders, and even pain. A number of studies also have helped researchers learn how meditation might work and how it affects the brain. Um, we know some research suggests, suggests that practicing meditation may reduce blood pressure, uh, anxiety, depression, and insomnia. Uh, evidence about its effectiveness for pain and as a smoking cessation treatment is uncertain. So what do we know about the safety of meditation? That's not something that we really talked about. I think we all kind of assume that it's safe because it's not like a physical act, kind of like certain types of exercise. Uh, but meditation is generally considered to be safe for healthy people. However, people with physical limitations may not be able to participate in certain practices that might involve movement. Um, I, I really think that meditation can be valuable, whatever it means for you to meditate. Um, I know there is there is an industry that that would like to define meditation maybe in a very specific way. I know these these TM folks definitely have dedicated their lives and devote their lives to it. And I think that's probably, it sounds like at least the most effective way to, to um, practice meditation. But I think, I think those people would also agree that anything you do or anything that you can do to, to reach a state of, of mindfulness and, you know, consistent daily peace just to be even keeled and, and be in your head, but not in an anxious way, I think they would agree that that's a beneficial thing. So I talked about in a previous podcast how Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is kind of that for me. Uh, and, and for the reasons um, for the reasons of it makes me focus on one single thing for an hour um, where I can't take my focus off of that thing or I won't be able to perform the martial art correctly. And so that's kind of like TM in that you're supposed to pick one word or one thought and just only focus on that one word or thought. So something to ponder. Uh, what is meditation for you? You know, if you don't do formal meditation of any kind, uh, why not? And do you maybe have something in your daily life or your weekly life that provides uh, a similar response that meditation seems to provide? So, hey, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. This is the Public Fitness Podcast. Uh, you can find us on um, Instagram, Public Fitness. You can find us on Twitter, Public Fitness FM. And then also on Facebook, Public Fitness FM. Um,
you can look us up publicfitness.org if you want to contact us or or ask us a question uh, and you can look me up personally it's jimmy Giro, g-i-r-o-t thanks again for listening have a great day